You're listening to the County Life podcast with Chris Ridgway and Martin Johnston. Start the podcast as ever with Chris's weekly interview with County Manager Jim Gannon. Well, Jim, we're backing out the rain after training. Loads to pick over, really, especially from those two Maidenhead games. Just break down the cup tie for us. Um, it's been a been a tough, tough, hard week for the lads. You know, considering they started last Friday going on the journey down to Maidenhead, and uh, thought we played really well down there. Um, didn't impose ourselves as much as I thought we could have. Started the game really well at Maiden, played some good football, created the opportunities to get the lead, um, and then just couldn't hold out. Obviously, completely different at Edgley Park on Tuesday night. Played some fantastic football first half. How we weren't leading, and then uh, you're screaming in despair. 30 minutes the way we're giving up goals and, and players being sent off but then also screaming in delight at the other side of it when goals are going in and the whole tie turned around uh, so quickly and so unexpectedly as well I speak about that That it, it was a, a classic cup tie wasn't it and I've heard a few people say this week forget level forget division forget what the, the tournament is it's nights like that that people will remember and the, the, those 1200 fans or whatever it was in the ground that night that, that'll be a game that sticks with them yeah, and, and the players. Um, yeah, when the, the crowd was small anyway, I mean, forget about the, all the drama of the, of the game, the highs and lows of the game. Every emotion was there, you know, between despair and delight and and angst and anger and the whole thing goes on. And and when, you you know, the crowd, the crowd really got involved. I thought they were emotionally involved in the game. I mean, we've talked about the 12th man, but when you're down to 10 men, they were the 11th man because the way they got behind the lads and cheered them on and certainly sort of inspired them to just see the game out. So, tr- tremendous game in terms of the involvement of everybody in the stadium. I know we don't, we don't usually go through the whole team player by player, but we, we tend to pick out the odd one or two. But tonight, I kind of want to look at a few different players just because there was over the two legs, so, you know, all well, over the two games, standout performances from pretty much everybody. I want to start with Ben Hinchliffe in the goal, who... He's been absolutely outstanding the last couple of weeks. I mean, some of the saves he's made and he's put his body right on the line. He was showing me some of the bruises he's got. He's really done well in these games, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, I mean, you go back to the York. I mean, uh, certain goals have been blocked and saved and we had uh, the incident in the, the last couple of minutes down at Maidenhead where he's come out and smothered a, a certain goal. No, he's been excellent. To be fair, he, I think their keeper pulled off some brilliant saves the other night and kept them in the game. And, and Ben would be disappointed that the, the, the amount of opportunities they've had for us to concede two goals in the manner we did and to leave him so exposed. But um, but ben, ben was, Ben's been used. Like I said, he's one of the best. Um, he is probably the best keeper in the conference north and probably in non-league and we're, we're lucky to have him. Then we move up into the defence. Now, Jamie Stott, of course, he, he looked very good against York, but he's not going to be able to walk back into the team. Everybody put their own cases forward. I thought... The defence as a whole were really good as well. I mean, Stephen O'Halloran, Scott Duxbury putting in really strong performances. Chris Smalley, albeit the ground maybe deceived him a little bit for the first goal, but ultimately the defence, you, you can't really find many faults. No, um, Alexa, I think um, the way that we set up our shape um, in, in the last three games uh, gave um, a little bit more security to the back three, the three centre-backs as such. Um, and we look a lot more solid and more confident within that grouping. Uh, obviously, as the game went on, we had to kind of expand our shape a little bit. But uh, the, the, like I said, um, you don't win games like that in that style unless you've got everybody performing well and the uh, defence played their part in giving us a platform in terms of both 
defensively and also being the start of attacks. I mean, people forget that the goal that we scored down at Maidenhead started with a, a short goal kick to the, the edge of the box and we built from there. Mm. Um, and, and you could see that side of the game the other night in that we were more willing to play, we were more willing to, to give better service to the front players and, and the front players certainly revelled in that. And uh, it was a very good collective performance and I'm delighted with the one or two training sessions we've had over the last, um, you know, just after the two away defeats. For us to have um, the kind of performance we've had in such a turnaround has been, been exemplary for the work of the players, not just on the training ground, but how they've applied it in matches. There will, of course, have been a lot of tired legs after that game. We saw a few players struggling with cramp and struggling to walk after the game. I heard one of the players say it's almost the, the most pain they've ever had on a football pitch. How are they looking now going into the game? Because Nuneaton, of course, they don't concede many goals. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the players to perform. So how are they, how are they coping physically? Um, it's a difficult one. It was probably one of our hardest training sessions. Um, we've got we had two players not train for different reasons. Um, they played. Uh, we had lots of other players who started off with walking a little bit gingerly and needing rubs, and and we had to manage the session really well. It's difficult because you've got players who want to fly around and and do work and keep fit, and but there's other players that we, we felt we needed to protect and make sure we just you know got them got the legs going, get the get the crap out of the system, just get their, their minds focused and their touch focused and then just go for a little bit of shape and and reset everything really for non-eating. Um, I think what people forget is that non-eating are a full-time side. Um, Dino's even had them in twice a day. Uh, that's probably a, a remnant of the Stevenage day where they, they were workaholics at Stevenage and really got their team strong, fit and well-organised. And I think Dino's trying to get that stamp on non-eating and I think it's starting to show in the results very hard team to score against, very hard team to beat. Um, and they're one on the form side. So it's probably one of the toughest games we could be facing on the back of Tuesday night's game. But um, we know what we're facing. Uh, we know we're going to have some tired legs and some tired minds. And we just have to make sure that we, we get the right team, the right tactics, and then try and get some adrenaline to the players. And if the fans get behind them, we'll give them that support, then we'll give them a lift. And it'll be a, but it'll be a very, very competitive game, I'm sure. As a fan, first and foremost, now I'm getting a little bit excited to see Darren Stevenson in his current form looking really sharp. Matthew Orbison comes back, he's looking really sharp. Jason Oswell playing with Matty, I think he'll kick on. But Reese Turner's pretty much ready to join the fold again. That's a that's a very exciting attack line you've got there. Yeah, because um, I mean, obviously young George has got the, the opportunity in the last couple of games and uh, it's nice for him to be credited with the goal. Um, but yeah, just having Reese back on the bench and... But Bowen came on the other night and did well. Um, we obviously had the opportunity to, to rest Gary, knowing that Matty might not last a full 90 minutes. And heading into injury time, Gary's energy was great and extra time uh, doing the job of two men. Um, squad is looking really strong. And, and as you mentioned before, we've got uh, Stotty coming back to the back line. Um, you know, it, Jimmy's back from illness and Gary's back from the hamstring issues. So the squad's looking really strong. So the first team... Uh, and the bench, and and one or two other players will, will certainly make the 18 look really strong. So, from our perspective, we've just got to get the right balance to make sure that we that the 11 that we put out to start the game is well equipped to to be extremely competitive. You mentioned George West there, who of course came on and he was a handful uh, for the for the defence at Maidenhead. I don't think in both games, I don't think they were ready for his energy, and you know they were getting tired themselves, and all of a sudden they've got George to deal with. And I thought 
obviously taking his goal, that's that's the cherry on top of the cake, if you like. But for you, that must be quite a proud moment to see someone step up. You know, you've had him on the books for a while. He's played in youth teams. He's gone out on loan, but you've always kept your eye on him. And now he's in the first team and he scored what is a very, very important goal on a night that we said before, everybody's going to remember. It's just one of them other aspects to be proud of um, because that's the work that you do over years to get players ready to to play their part. Um, George, George is best in a, in a front three and recently we've been playing a front two. But it, obviously if you're going to put somebody up to play alongside um, a centre forward and Darren, then uh, George is your man. Um, George has worked really hard at his game. He trains every Monday. He's looked fit and strong for that. He's gone out and played um, over 10 games now for Clear Row, scoring seven goals. Uh, done really well there. Um, they're really keen on him. Um, but we feel now that we want to give him an opportunity in the team. And um, as I mentioned, when Ben left the club, I felt that uh, the likes of Adam Etches and, and George would get opportunities within the first team, not just on the bench, but actually come on as impact subs. And um, I'm delighted that the George has repaid that faith in him. Um, obviously, the competition steps up now with Reese, um, And obviously, as we move over the next month, we might, might even be thinking about adding one or two to make sure that we go into the season as strong as possible. But it's great to have George make progress and it's a big step for him to be involved in the team, score and help the team get into the next round of the cup. One player who John Kieran referred to on Saturday uh, and on Tuesday as an unsung hero is Adam Thomas. And, and he's had a bit of news this week. Yeah, no, Adam's, I think Adam's got stronger with um, every game. Um, we use him, you know, I think his natural position is a seven and when he plays there, he's a goal threat. He, he's got great crosses from open play, he's got great crosses from set play. The last three games we've actually asked him to play a little bit deeper um, to make sure, so that Dan can be tighter and we look a little bit stronger at the back. Um, but we haven't lost a threat from Adam down the right. Um, obviously he went from wing back to right wing to right back uh, on on a Tuesday night's game and I'm, I'm really delighted how how strong he's looked in terms of last night minutes and 120 minutes and um, uh, we've been talking to him over the last couple of weeks about what he wants to do next season about what we want to do this season and next season and um, he's a very professional lad he's been in every Monday since he started training Mondays and I think he's looking stronger and fitter for it and he's uh, it was an easy decision for me to offer him an extension to his contract and um, I said he signed that uh, today and uh, I think it'll be announced uh, over the course of Friday. Looking ahead then to Nuneaton, uh, what kind of what, what kind of threat do you see from them? Just just from myself, looking at their recent results, I mentioned it earlier, they don't concede many, they're looking to go five games without a loss. They they they, they present quite a quite a threat, I think. Their league table position might be a little deceptive. Yeah, I think I think sometimes when, when I first go on um, certain websites to have a look at the league table and that, but I always look at the form guide because um, that's a, a true measure. And I thought this was a particularly tricky month where Nuneaton and FC United and Boston being the three teams and they look like teams that are mid-table and safe and not really going anywhere. But I think um, Boston on the run there aren't thinking about the playoffs. And um, But Nuneaton and FC United have certainly been one of the form sides and um, I think FC come on stuck at Nuneaton at the weekend. Um, I think there's a lot of things changing at Nuneaton. Dino's come in, um, obviously, to the full-time side. And he's maximised that, so he's got them in training more. He's got them fitter. He's got them well-organised. I think um, the results have come, which have helped uh, galvanise confidence. I think he's, he's he's lost one or two players, but added one or two, and he's keeping adding. So they're strengthening all the time. And I think they're, they're also fairly flexible in what they do. Um, 
They play a 4-3-3, but it's fairly flexible. It looks like a 4-3-1-2 or a diamond. But they've got their side midfielders are willing to drop in as wing-backs. So um, they don't leave themselves vulnerable to goals, and that's shown in the stats, three clean sheets in the last four. Um, and the likes of Chambers, um, they've always got a goal threat. So a tricky one for us, um, especially if they um, come up uh, fresh and ready to go and full of confidence, then it's going to be a tough one, and we can't afford to start the game slow. Um, so we know we're going to be in... You know, um, we've had nice tests with York and Maidenhead, um, but this is going to be equally as testing uh, because this is a team that's got full of energy and full of confidence coming to Edgy Park when perhaps um, trying to seize on our little bit of tiredness and um, the, the little injuries we might have. So it's, a, again, a very, very tough game at this stage of the season. Just finally then, Jim, now, now that Tuesday's out of the way, I'm going to ask... Would you have been prepared for penalties with the side of it practiced that in training at all? Maybe had it had gone the distance on, on Tuesday? Yeah, no, uh, full enough on Monday. Um, Scott and Dan and Adam and Jimmy Ball were practicing. I was just giving them some tips on, you know, um, what to do in them scenarios. But it can never replicate 120 minutes, 130 minutes of fatigue and, and that long walk to the Cheadle end or the railway end or wherever it might have been. But um, no, I we. You know, I've, I've been in situations like that before uh, as a manager, um, and it really just comes down to the um, the mentality of the players. But um, uh, they've been interesting. Um, you know, if anything, we might have took uh, if we had one more sub, we took uh, Ben off and put Ian on for, for penalty saves. But no, it was not something we we had to face. But um, obviously, going forward, it's um, it is something that you do have to practice. But nothing replicates really what happens. Uh, fortunately, um, between. Darren Stevenson and Scott Duxbury that provided the ammunition for Jimmy to see the game off and um, it was a it was a fit and finish to a game which I felt that we deserved to get much more out of than just a draw. Well, Jim, it's another tough test on Saturday as ever. We wish you all the best. Thanks so much. Chris also managed to bag an interview with county striker Matty Warburton this week in a very noisy post-training dressing room. Matty Warburton, thanks very much for joining us. Just saying off air then, you must have been stiff as a board Wednesday morning, but delighted nonetheless. Yeah, I'm not too bad in comparison to a lot of the other lads. I think I come after about 80 minutes, but yeah, getting up Wednesday morning for work and uh, trying to get ourselves going tonight was a bit was a bit of a struggle. Hopefully that'll wear off for Saturday, but everyone's in the same boat. Uh, everyone's done um, the right thing in terms of tonight and trying to flush out any lactic acid that's in there, but now nah, we'll be all right for, for Saturday. There's always a worry when a striker, certainly in the form that you were in, goes off injured and, and you know he's away for a few weeks and you think, how are they going to come back? But you've come back and hit the ground running like you've never missed a day. Well, I don't know about that. I had that little patch in between at Alfred and Salford where I just couldn't get going. But no, it's nice. It, um, York, within the first minute of York, I managed to get a shot off. And uh, my goal was very similar to that against York. And everything, ever since then, just confidence builds and... Uh, I felt like I did well against York, come off to about 55. Um, Maidenhead did, did okay, wouldn't say I played well. And then Tuesday night, I felt like I did all right. Um, should have scored at least two. Um, but yeah, like you say, nice to hit the ground running. Um, I didn't want to wait five or six games to, to get off the mark. It's great to get one in the first game back and hopefully um, push and get a few more now. And I think I can guess your answer. I think you'd rather be playing 90 minutes. But is that the sensible move, do you think? Come back, do 45, 55 build up to that 90 minutes yeah of course it is um, I think we've, we've kind of learned from that mistake in terms of Alfreton uh, on New Year's Day I come back after five weeks out did 90 minutes probably uh, probably didn't, not the best thing to do and then um, Salford was probably around 70 80 um, if I can remember rightly 
Um, so probably too much to be fair. So we've kind of learned from that, and it has been a case of building me in. The gaffer's asking me how long I've got in, um, and I'm I'm telling him I can do a bit more, but he's, he's quite rightly just uh, building me minutes up, and eventually I'll uh, I'll get back to full fitness pretty 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 soon. Things looking very positive at the moment. We've taken this giant step now towards the FA Trophy. Yeah. Yeah, three points off that feasibly if results go our way we could be in the playoffs come Saturday there's got to be a positive vibe going around the camp yeah there is and I think there's a lot of self-belief around the camp at the minute in terms of there's, there's two big games now there's there's obviously FA Trophy and Wembley and then um, potentially playoffs as well which is obviously sorry that's my phone um, obviously a very realistic chance and that's one that we need to start pushing for now um, we need to start being a bit more consistent in the league uh, we're good at home we need to pick up more points away Um but I think there's a, a real sense of self-belief, particularly with a few lads that we've got to come back. We've got Stotty, who's, who's looking at me right now. We've got Sam, Minion, we've got Reese to come back. So, yeah, we're in, we're in good shape uh, and, we, and we do feel confident going into those kind of games, particularly at Edgeley Park. I mean, the backing's tremendous. The fans are, are unreal and they have been all season and, and away from home as well. It's, it's just the same. What's it like being a striker when obviously you're in good form, but does it put you under a bit of pressure knowing that you've got Reese Turner, Darren Stevenson's found this incredible form, there's Jason Oswell, one of the top scorers in the league, you're all jostling for these yeah. places. I think competition's good, isn't it? It's a, it's a cliche, but it is good, it keeps you on your toes. Um, I've been chasing Jace all season, just can't, can't seem to get near him, I think I'm about six off at the moment, or seven off, I think I'm 16, he's 23, 22, um, but no, Daz has just hit hit the ground running recently. Um, he started off a bit slow and I think he'd be the first one to, to admit that, but recently he's been, he's been superb for us. And, and obviously Reese being a pro, it adds extra pressure, but I'm hoping to try and cement down the 10 shirt and then let them free battle for the striking shirts. I'll just have the 10. Just finally, let's have a quick look ahead to Nuneaton. Yep. County and goal scoring form at the minute, but Nuneaton are not a team that shipped too many. Could be an interesting one on Saturday. Yeah, I imagine it will be. Um, they from from when I previously played against them, I've got a good record against them personally in terms of scoring and, and getting results. Um, so it's going to be a tricky one. They seem to have picked up form recently. Um, but I'm hoping that we can just take the momentum that we've got, particularly from York in the league and obviously the big boost that we had Tuesday night against Maidenhead. And if we can get three points there, I think we'll, the, the belief will just grow. Um, but obviously we've just got to get ourselves over that line. Uh, I'm confident we can do so, but we're just going to make sure we do the basics well and then uh, grind it out. Uh, good luck for Saturday. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. So, Chris, it's the morning after the night before. Oh. And uh, <laughs> talking of the season being a roller coaster, what about that for a game last night? I'm still coming down, I think, from it a little bit. Um, last night was incredible. When you, when you, I mean, obviously, when you, when you look back uh, in the past, be it one game or 20 years ago, you kind of glamorise it a little bit. Uh, large spells of that second half, make no mistake, <laughs> were terrible. Uh, and, you know, there was myself and a few people around us not happy at all because, you know, we've got we've gone from being absolutely dominant in the first half to looking like we've thrown it away. But it echoes what we said uh, either last week or the week before when there's so much fight in this squad. Uh, there's so much belief. When you're against a team who's not just in the higher level you know they're not just clinging on they're mid-table they're a very very good outfit we said on Saturday they're an industrial outfit um, very fit very physical each one of their players I would I would guess was was bigger and stronger than the man that they were marking on the on the county page yet the fight took over the, the will to win kicked in and what do you know three late goals and we're celebrating going through to the next round yeah and it was uh, I was I was in the studio so I, you know I was just getting a sense of it but even at 2-0, I 
you know, I, I felt that obviously things were, the wheels were coming off a bit. It wasn't a great, you know, start to the second half. But I wasn't surprised when we equalised. Just from, you know, from what John was saying in terms of the amount of possession we were having and the the, the chances we were creating. So I, I wasn't really surprised when it was 2-1. I think, you know, 2-2. You know, I, I wasn't surprised we got back in it, but a late equaliser, and obviously then we had the momentum. The thing, the interesting part was the uh, the Maidenhead goalkeeper was arguably man of the match for them. So even, I said that to you at half time. Yeah, yeah. So when you're thinking about turning the pressure on and you're throwing everything forward, you just think it's it's going to be one of those days where he's he's keeping everything out. Now, um, to, I was just this morning putting program notes together for Saturday, and I was saying that. We spoke to Gary after the game for the radio, and that's an interview that's gone out. And he was saying just how much it meant to him and the players being able to feed off the fans. And there was another player that shall remain nameless uh, that I was that I was speaking to in the in the tunnel after the game, and he was saying he's never felt pain like he had on the pitch last night. He could barely walk at the end of it, but it was all worth it. Because and that's what that's what makes football so great. Do you know what I mean? Not just not just counting, not just Liverpool, not just whoever you happen to be. And if you can put so, put a, a performance like that in the last five minutes, it wasn't a pretty game at all. But some of the most you know, some of the most iconic games in history. You know, you mentioned the big big team, Liverpool, uh, Champions League final. Well, they were three 0 down. You know, Man United against Bayern Munich. They looked like they were done. So Stockport County last night. I thought it was a moment of magic for the fans it was a, a moment of magic for the players and it was one of those nights we were speaking before the game on air saying last season we had games like Fylde and Halifax where the result might not have gone our way but it was a special evening at Edgeley Park that kind of propelled momentum for the rest of the season I, I think no matter what happens this season in the Cup or the League last night will be a night we're talking about in the summer and just a word about the crowd you you said you spent the first half in the Cheetland. Did you go back? Yes. Yeah. And how how was that in terms of what people felt around you? Do you know what do you think the the state of the uh, kind of the how are the fans viewing the, this team at the moment? <laughs> there there was people around me. I don't know whether any of them actually did, but there was people around me when the second goal went in, uh, and then you see Jason Oswell going off, and and they're going forget it. I'm going home. Yeah. I'm not staying. It's freezing cold. We're two 0 down. I've got work in the morning, uh, and then all of a sudden, Darren Stevenson pops up with a goal, and and the the, the fans there were like they, they were they were just they were football fans at that moment. Do you know what I mean? They, half of them wanted to go and get home and get warm and get in bed or whatever, and the other half were thinking, well, could we sneak this? Could we get any? Because if we get an equaliser, it's fair game, and you know. And then we got the equaliser, and all of a sudden, every you know, don't get me wrong. First thirty minutes of that second half, everybody was was as, as angry and annoyed. Maybe not angry is the wrong word, but annoyed. Certainly, really frustrated. I was, you know. I don't think there was anybody in there that wasn't. You know, we've gone from being dominant to two 0 down, but the fans in general, uh, they were never not behind the team. They were frustrated, they were annoyed, but they were never not behind the team. Um, and then it paid off and it really was a memorable evening for everybody who was there and probably everybody who listened on, on air as well. Yeah, and, and on, on air I think uh, it definitely sounded like once we got the equaliser then extra time was ours to lose the game really yeah. and the momentum was definitely there. It wasn't a surprise when Jimmy bundled that one in 
and it never until the very last minute of course <laughs> which always happens you know yeah. dangerous crossing of the box and they waste their opportunity but it sounded like we're pretty much in control in extra time you could say it was very handy that Jimmy popped up <laughs> when he did but it, you know it crossed the line he bundled it in uh, I don't want to say too much against Maidenhead they were fair opposition they, um, they they were quite nice to stop or as a whole on their social pages afterwards but very similar to the Boston game they can cry a little bit of wolf that count you know tapping the watches if you know but they were time maiden had time wasting is something that again we find ourselves talking about you know this season and last season we've seen it with Telford we've seen it with Kidderminster now we've seen it with Boston it's just it's ridiculous and it's why Jim you can see why Jim Gannon doesn't want us to do it. we George West ran it into the corner last night for the last couple of minutes trying to and he lost it within 20 seconds and the ball was coming up and you can just see why we don't play this tactic anymore now Maidenhead tried that and it's ultimately worked against them County have kept battling like you say there was a scare in the last minute you know last couple of minutes but again when you've got a keeper like Ben Hinchliffe in goal you, you don't you don't feel worried especially in the form uh, the form he's in as well it's, it's terrific form it's I spoke to him on Saturday after the game and he was saying, I'm coming away with cuts and scratches and bruises here and there. Because, But he, that's that's part and parcel of the role. He's throwing himself into harm's way. And it kind of typifies what all the players, you know, we were saying about those players who could barely walk off the pitch, players who could, they, you know, they, they couldn't walk after the game physically. And Ben's coming off with cuts and bruises. These guys put everything on the line last night in a freezing go- I bet you've had it I bet you've had I've had it where you played in cold conditions and someone you get a stinger <laughs> someone oh, yeah. gets, like, stings off your leg Absolutely. and that's, that's enough for us to sit down for 10 minutes with a blanket <clears throat> but these guys have got to get back up and keep going there's a thousand people there watching them so immense credit to all of them they should make them play the odd game with those plastic balls that we used to have when we kids <laughs> yeah. that really really stank yeah oh they really <laughs> hurt yeah. they used the word stank there um <laughs> But yeah, and one other talking point, obviously, is the red card for County. County's first red card in in, in two years. How, how did you see that? I, I, I'm beginning to sound like a, a name dropper here, but I was speaking to Harry Winter again after the game. Um, Martin, the, the kid has come on leaps and bounds this, you know, these last couple of months because Harry knows that he has... He's not a scapegoat, but he gets a lot of stick. And fans, you know, he's not a glamorous player. He's not a he's not a body beautiful player. He's just a tough guy that gets stuck in, and he plays within his limits. You, you're never going to see him try and take three or four people on and curl one into the top corner. That's that's not his game. So he knows that any opportunity, uh, or maybe opportunity is the wrong word because people aren't out to get him. But any any slight mishap, it kind of is more magnified. Now, if I'm Jim Gannon, and I don't know what the gaffer said to him, but if I'm if I'm Jim Gannon, I'm kind of saying, well, you put everything in tonight, and the sending off was silly, but it was accidental. He told Harry told me it was an accidental. You know, he's come down. He's not meant to do him. The, the momentum is coming down, and he's he's kind of touched the lad a little bit, and the guys made a most of it, and the, the balls spun off his foot and hit him, and it's just it's all just a bit of an unfortunate happening. Now, two minutes earlier. Uh, myself and the people around us were saying it's Harry or Darren for man of the match. Uh, um, Harry has been phenomenal. He he told us as we spoke about it a few weeks ago he couldn't get near the team. He wasn't even getting on the bench, uh, and he was telling us he just needs five or six games. You know he was in that that boat with Connor Hampson where it looked like well Connor's going, 
Harry might go here, you know, which would be a, a, a real shame because he's the club captain. He's had five or six games now, and he's. He, I don't. I don't see how Gary and Jimmy are guaranteed a place on the team sheet anymore because there's two spots there in Jim's favoured formation with three people to go at it. And Harry, he's got the armband, and he's proven in recent weeks he's a hell of a, uh, a component in the squad. So I felt for him last night, but it'll only be a one-game ban and. You know, we'll crack on and, and uh, uh, hopefully get him back in the squad. Absolutely, you, you know, you need you need a, a player like that in your squad, or you know, multiple players like that with a bit of dog. Especially the way you know County's forward line is is so creative and kind of able to to switch around the pitch and stuff like that. You you need somewhere in the. It's like me when I play cricket. You know, I didn't like to get out, so I just stayed there all the time and let, let the others play around me. Yeah. You know, and and I was funny enough. I was very much a footballer like Harry as well. <laughs> I could ne- I could ne- never shoot. You know, yeah. but um, he, uh, but yeah, you need players like that. And I think when you're involved in so many tackles and so many battles, the chances that you're going to get cards is very high. And therefore, you know, one red card in two years for the club, and you know, one in every now and again for Harry, is it, they, you're going to get a bit of bad luck as well. So I, I don't read really anything into it at all. It's just unfortunate that it's fallen on him. Do you know, if uh, if 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 that's another player with a, a less uh, quest, less of a question mark over his disciplinary record, should we say, um, then it's probably not really a talking point, um, other than the fact that we've not had one for so long. But he'll bounce back from that um, you can just see by the way he carries himself around the park the guy's a leader um, if, if I'm playing on if, if I'm playing for a team and I'm having a tough game or I'm getting a bit of I'm having a bit of a hard time against my opponent he's the kind of guy that you know I want behind me I want backing me up and I, I want leading my line yeah absolutely and so the overall look of the squad then um, my one worry is that you know tough get long journey last Saturday there and back tough game as you say you know you call them an industrial side that's, that's they're tough to play against and then a tough game you know and a, a long game obviously going into extra time last night how do you see that affecting Saturday do you see it affecting Saturday um, potentially now this is where I'm, I'm a little cloudy on the rules um, because I'm not sure what effect that will have on uh, Harry will, will he be suspended this weekend now as I understand it's seven days before a suspension kicks in, meaning he would be free for Saturday. Um, but I don't know that for a fact. Now, if he's not, then it's a little worried because everyone could see Jimmy Ball was, was limping quite heavily after the game. He, it was just unfortunate we'd used all our subs because I think he probably could have done with going off, albeit he popped up in, in extra time to score the winner. But you look around, uh, we've got Jamie Stott to come back into the squad. He's not played in the last two games because of a cup tie. Reese Turner's coming back from injury. Uh, he's hoping to be on the bench for this Saturday, maybe even a starting role, depending on the, the fitness and freshness of the guys up front. Um, so I think they're okay. Uh, you've got Sam Minihan coming back, so Dan Cowan's going to want to prove his point and solidify that spot. But if one of the defenders are feeling it, you've got Michael Clark there on the bench. Bowen Dixon look very fresh. He's going to want to get back in. So I'm not overly worried. You know, there's, 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 there probably will be some leggy players and on Saturday I mean I don't want to jinx it but we, we could be in for a fairly cagey affair because Nuneaton they're looking for five wins on the spin they've not conceded in the last four games tells you they're probably quite a tight team at the back if we've not scored after an hour I think we're going to start hitting the wall a little bit so potentially yeah 
there, there could be some fitness issues, but by and large, these are trained athletes. You know, I, I, I think they'll be able to to get over the line on Saturday. And you mentioned Sam there; he was co-com last night. Yep. Great to hear from him. Great to hear he's really optimistic and look forward to getting. But that's really interesting. If you look at, you know, how integral he was to the squad before he got injured, and the way he plays, the way you know bombs forward and and makes such a difference there. But Dan. Carroll has played so well this season you know it's a great competition to have but that's a real headache for Jim it is well it's it's a three-way competition really because you've got Adam Thomas in the mix there as well who's been John Kieran called him an unsung hero the other week Um, Adam kind of similar to Harry Winter really every football club has players who I don't want to sound like the fans are picking on them because they're not but they don't get the attention that you know and it's easier to point the finger at them because they don't get many goals or whatever Adam Thomas for me, especially considering the injuries he's come back from, has been such an important player, covering, going back covering, playing defensively, and then getting forward. And he's he's probably the only player, maybe alongside Dan Cowan, who gets in crosses early, smartly, cleverly, to the right place, stands the cross up if he needs to, whips it in hard and low if he needs to. You kind of know, you know, he's, he's that kind of switched on player. So Sam's got a look now, Sam Minihan, and he'll be up for the challenge, but he's got a look and think, am I a defender or am I an attacking player because these two have got the positions on lockdown if I go in and don't really focus on one key area there's a chance I'm going to be sitting on the bench if I can come in and say I'm targeting you Adam or I'm targeting you Dan then he might have a bit more of a, an opportunity Dan Cowan we know that he can play centre half we know that he's very very good at centre half because alright he doesn't go forward but he's got that recovery pace so if he needs to get back quickly then he can do so it's a toss-up maybe for me between Adam Thomas and Sam Minahan. I think Sam will be brought back in gradually and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to really judge who should get that starting shirt probably in three or four weeks from now, five weeks from now. We'll start seeing either Sam Minahan or Adam Thomas. So at this point, we'll, we'll look at who, who your player uh, of the week across the two um, maidenhead games <laughs> were. Um, but just uh, you know, while we're on that subject then, who, who will you be keeping an eye on the Saturday? Who's you want to watch against Nuneaton? Uh Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a player who might not feature, <laughs> uh, as daft as it sounds, Reese Turner. You know, the gaffers alluded that he might be coming back soon. Um, I, I, everybody knows what the kid has in the locker. You know, we've seen what he can offer. Uh, he just little niggly injuries don't really help um, now it's, it's interesting you asked us a couple of weeks ago when he first got injured are we likely to see him go back get treatment here I've not actually seen much of him around the ground since uh, since his injury so maybe he did go back uh, to his parent club for, for some treatment I, I, I don't know I've not seen him but um, if he has been away then it, it's perfectly understandable that he might not play if he's not in the in, you know in the groove of things with the lads but if he does He's going to want that Jason Oswell shirt. Jason, even though he's the second top scorer in the division, six games now without a goal. Um, you know, he's, he's not seeing whole games out, which says the gaffer is potentially making a place available. We know Jim really rates Jason. We know Jason's got it in his locker, but he's, it's not happening right now. So maybe, you know, as a striker like Reese Turner, if he sees an opportunity to get 10 minutes, get 15 minutes, get on, get a goal, get an assist, terrorise a tyre in defence, that, that for me could be quite interesting to see how that dynamic works. Yeah, I mean, it's no, as you say, no criticism of Jason. It happens. Strikers go through this, you know, yeah. and, you know, things don't come off, you know, 
you don't get the deflection you don't get you know a, a ball just goes away from you and it just keeps happening and but yeah to to have Reese Turner to push to push that as an as an option is a is you know is is a good 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 option and for Jason um one thing that you've got to say for him in seasons gone by and it's going to be unfair to name names so I won't but in in seasons gone by there have been strikers who've gone through longer barren spells of of not scoring and they've got a lot more flat because it, they don't appear to be doing as much work. I'm not saying they weren't doing as much work, but they appear that way. Now, Jason runs his socks into the ground You know, every every game, regardless of whether he scores or not. He's a constant terror for defenders. He's on the toes, he's nipping it around. And as, although he's not getting the goals, he's still got 12 assists. He's still setting up his players around him. We know that he brings the best out of Matty Warburton. And Matty Warburton has been on absolute fire since he's come back. You know, last night was his first game that he didn't score since his comeback. So, Jason still offers a hell of a lot to the team. So, just because he's not getting the goals doesn't mean he's not integral at the minute. And again, that just that just makes that, that competition a bit more juicy for me between Reese Turner, Jason as well. They're both going to want that shirt. With Matty in the form that he's in, I can't see the three of them playing because... Darren Stevenson is the is the other elephant in the room that we, he's he's playing out of his skin as well. So if one of them have got to be dropped, it's a cruel game. But yeah, and it's a you know it's a very again if you look at the Premier League, it's a very modern kind of point of view. If you look at the way um, City view things and Liverpool view things, it's it's like it's across the the front three or the front four where the goals are coming from. You know, Sterling, De Bruyne, you know, Aguero all chipping in. Liverpool, you know, Firmino, Salah. You know, they're, they're talking about, they always talk about their front three or their front four and, and view the goals in in that way. You know, OK, you know, Spurs have got, you know, a standout scorer and, and so and so have United. But it's a very modern kind of way of viewing it. You know, the, these players like yeah. are, a, are a bunch of goal scorers together and we don't care who scores them as long as, you know, those goals keep coming. It's an interesting point because I think a lot of the coaches in our division now are taking inspiration from that higher level. Or maybe it's the higher level taking inspiration from lower. I don't really know you know, what came first. But you see a lot of the similar formations now. Things like 4-2-3-1 or a 5-diamond one or whatever. Uh, that a few years ago, it was 4-4-2, 4-3-3, occasionally 4-2-4. And that was it. Like, whereas now, it is a much more advanced game. So I think a lot of the managers and coaches will see what Guardiola, Klopp, uh, Pochettino and, and all the rest of them they will look at what they're doing and these guys will be out you know they're, they're picking up things as well so it's not unlikely for them to see similar tactics even though alright the players can't really be compared nothing against any of the players it's just what it is but um, it's not unlikely that we'll see similar little formations and we're talking about a strong county three or four up front line and so who looking back at Maidstone Maidenhead. Maidenhead. Maiden, Iron Maiden. <laughs> Maidenhead. The Iron Lady. Across those two games, who would you pick as your uh, player of the week? There there are so many to pick from. You could go with Darren, you could go with Harry, uh, you, you could go with Chris Smalley. Uh, or, you know, I think he was unfortunate. The pitch didn't really help him out with that own goal, with, not with the, with the short back pass last night. Uh, but other than that, I thought he was really strong. But um, I'm going to give it to Ben Hinchliffe because... His saves, particular, particularly at the end of the first game, were paramount to Stockport County. If those saves hadn't been made, we wouldn't have even had a game last night, let alone be in the next round for the hat, you know, in the next round for the draw. So um, he's he's been phenomenal the last couple of weeks. You know, he was getting man of the matches against York before that. So um, 
you need a good strong keeper you can analyse your defence and your midfield all day long but they are going to get beat from time to time and you need a, a good goalkeeper Be, in every great team is a great goalkeeper at any level and we've got one so Ben Hinchliffe well played and finally you know, staying on the FA Trophy Brackley next you know it's a really winnable game you know Brackley at home that you've got to look at that and think with our home record you know where you know our games against them they're not easy by any stretch of the imagination but definitely winnable we're starting to see you know years ago we were in the Twin Towers but we're starting to see the uh, what's that thing over Wembley what do you call that the arch oh the arch we're starting yeah, yeah, to yeah. we're starting to just get a glimpse yeah. of the arch there you know oh, we were talking right, yeah. as we were coming up the stairs there you know probably the only you know big giant club in there that's left that you would fear maybe Leighton Orient yeah, but well, the, you as know, you say, yeah, yeah, they're they're on a downward trend. They're on a down downward trend, so you know you don't you don't know what, where they are kind of mentally, but so yeah. Well, t- before we look at the rest of the teams, let's have a look at Brackley, and I think I, I don't often speak like this, but I think we owe Brackley one. We we owe there's there's a lot of there's a lot of hard feeling towards Brackley because you go back to last season when Danny Lloyd scored that wonder goal that every, sent everyone into ecstasy in the last minute that equalised the tie. And then for about 30 seconds, everyone's jumping around all over the place. And then after 30 seconds, everyone realised, we've got to go to Brackley on a Tuesday night now, when we've got to go there next Tuesday in the league anyway. Uh, so for that one minute we celebrated, then we realised we had to go down there. And we got knocked out of the, of, of the FA Trophy to the hands of Brackley last season. We're playing this season uh, in a run of really tough games. We make a really good account for ourselves. We're winning. We go behind, we're carrying on pressuring them, and they hack Matty Warburton down and give him a, an injury that potentially cost us several points over the next few games. So I really think we owe Brackley now. I, I want to go to Brackley and I, I want to get under their skin. I want to annoy them. I want to frustrate them. And I want to. Now, this is, you know, this is not my feeling, probably don't speak on behalf of the gaffer and the players, but I'm sure there will be a, a, a feeling amongst them that. That we've got to beat these guys because they've got a bit too big for the boots, Brackley. You know, fair play, they've done well the last couple of seasons. Last season, they were like the dark horses that all of a sudden were up around the playoffs, come from nowhere. This season, we kind of expected it a bit more. Now they're what third, fourth in the division, so they're having a great season. But they're not a bigger, better club than us. We we need to go and thump them now. We need to put them out of the league. You know, we need to put them out of the trophy. You can't just injure our players. You can't just use your bully boy tactics. You can't just. We're not having it. We're Stockport County and we're going to Wembley. And that would be a great way to uh, to give them some back. Yeah. Then then you look around and you know we, we said teams you know teams left in it. Um, my main fear is the travel if we get through because there's a lot of teams like Wealdstone you know travel Spennymore travel Spennymore, yeah. Um, so we, we, which will be a concern. However, um, it's it's part of football you know that's part of the enjoyment. Let's make a night out of it or a day out of it whatever. Um, so Spennymore, I think they will fancy their chances in the FA Trophy. Um, we were just we were just saying before we came on air. Um, if I'm Spennymore, I'd probably rather win the trophy than get promoted. There's no pressure on Spennymore to to get promoted this season. Why not consolidate? You're going to struggle if you go up a level. The the level the amount of travel in the division they're currently in is going to be hard enough. <laughs> so imagine if they're you know Spennymore against Dover next season. Spennymore against. Uh, maidenhead, you know that's their hell, hell a journey. So, for for me, if I'm spending more, I'm probably thinking, let's put the eggs in the basket of the trophy. Leighton Orient, big club on paper, pedigree there, history there. 
uh, are, are they where County were a couple of years, a few years ago? You know, on the way down, you think yeah, you could probably take them. I would have liked to uh, Warrington. Um, yeah. A, you know, because they're a, a club on the way up, and so it'd be interesting to see to you know to match us against them. And uh, but also a sh- nice short trip. But there yeah. You go. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we don't always get them, do we? <laughs> no. But um, it is Brackley at home next, which is everything we could have hoped for. Uh, you know, it's got a bit of it's got a bit of spice to it. Um, it's a winnable game, a team in our division, and it keeps us, like we said, against Kidderminster. Worst comes to the worst, and we get knocked out. It's another week playing at that consistent level. You know, we're still playing. We're not playing teams level above us that we're not expected to win, or teams below us that we're expected to steamroll. We're keeping the level of performance consistent because Brackley are a team above us in the playoffs. Chris, thanks. This is the County Live podcast. You can hear us every week. We're always out on a Friday afternoon with Jim's interview and with me and Chris talking rubbish about County. Um, and you can hear us tomorrow afternoon uh, on Imagine 104.9 FM for full match commentary of Stockport County against the Neaton. <laughs>